Welcome to Food at the Table, the small group podcast with Reverend Kev. Y'all, this week we are going to be doing our favorite church slash church camp stories. Uh, we got a question online from uh, one of you guys who just said, hey, what's your favorite church story? And me and Kevin really kind of just took off. We we kind of started being like, or at least I did. Uh, we were like, what in the world are we going to, how are we going to respond to this? Like, what? What would be our favorite story? And kind of as we were thinking about it, we just kind of went down the rabbit hole. We have a lot of stories. That's the problem. So, guys, one thing about it is like me and Kevin, this is what we do regularly. Yeah. We'll just sit down and just like tell stories to each other because, you know, we didn't grow up together. So, we have years of stories prior to our relationship as friends until mm. now. So, we have to share for me 27 years, for you 21 years. Of information we just gotta pour into this mm-hmm. oh we so we really wanted to kind of jump on here and do our favorite church stories but before that uh one thing is definitely is y'all we really want you guys to hook up onto the social medias we have a lot of stuff coming down the pike mm-hmm. and we want to keep you guys informed so uh kevin how can they reach out to us yeah guys uh we're up on uh just about all the major social media platforms and if uh, we're not we can be Again, you can hit us up and be like, hey, you should be on this, and we'll see what we can do. Um, but on Facebook and Instagram, we are at Food at the Table Podcast. On Twitter, we are at Food at the Table. Uh, we are on TikTok, uh, or Wayne is at least. Uh, I'm on some of his videos every now and then. You're like three, um, <laughs> uh, Out of however many. Um, but... Uh, you can go check him out at rev.wayne. Uh, we do have an email, uh, foodatthetablepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and we are up on Patreon. Um, so if you guys want to uh, financially help us out, uh, help out uh, kind of our uh, ministry uh, goals, um, you can hop on there and do your thing that way at uh, patreon.com slash food at the table podcast. And one big thing guys that we really ask is, Hey, subscribe to our pages. You mm-hmm. know, if you guys are on like on Spotify, Apple music, if that's how you get your podcast on Google podcast, however you guys find us, mm-hmm. we don't mind. Go ahead and subscribe. Go ahead and like, go ahead and rate us. Uh, if you leave us a review, if you don't mind, we really appreciate it. It really helps us out on this end. Mm-hmm. So even if you can't help financially, Leave us a review because we'd I mean, love to have your opinion on that. Yeah, if uh, you guys aren't totally aware, whoever's listening, a lot of these uh, platforms that we're on are run by different algorithms and different uh, pieces of code that by you guys following us or subscribing to us and uh, leaving reviews and different things like that, um, that will be able to put us in front of more people. Uh, and help us spread the word of God uh, like we feel called to. Um, so you guys can be uh, just as helpful in all of this just by clicking a button. You guys are literally the gatekeepers. Mm. You guys are the ones who open us up to a chance to be able to reach more people. And you know, hey, share our podcast with your friends as well. If you guys have any opportunity to say, hey, guys, you should check out this podcast, please do. Absolutely. We'd love to do that. Guys, we were checking on, on our view counts and things like that. And we've been reaching benchmark after benchmark. Uh, we have gone so much farther than we ever thought we would. 
But we would love to see what God can do through this ministry. So I was, please continue to do so. Uh, we looked at it just before we recorded, and I got to be honest, I was a little bit floored uh, by what the numbers were from last week to this week. Because I think that might be the biggest jump that we've ever seen. Ever, uh, since our first time, yeah. Since like our very first episode, the huge jump that we saw there to where we are now to see that, that jump. That's the second largest we've ever mm. had. But, you know, generally you see the first jump be huge anyways. Yeah. But for it to have that continual growth over this time, for there to be this watch, that's listen to more deal. of our content. Yeah. Guys, that's awesome to us. We thank you so much for your support. Honestly, they're reaching out to us and communicating with us over through email, through Instagram, through Facebook, through all these Twitter, mm-hmm. through uh, TikTok, all these wonderful places you guys are talking to us. Thank you guys so much because this is how we build the community. Mm-hmm. This is how we build the small group. And uh, we do have some plans uh, that will hopefully work out coming down the road where uh, we'll be able to be uh, way more interactive uh, with you guys up on these different uh, social media sites. Um, so if you're up on there and you uh, make some sort of post about the podcast or something like that, be sure to hashtag it, uh, hashtag fat podcast. F-A-T-T podcast. F-A-T-T podcast. Just so that way we'll be able to Quickly look it up, and we can we can instantly see what's going on in there. Guys, we we love you guys so much. We're we're just so blessed to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. And so we thought, hey, why not just do a fun episode where we tell our favorite our favorite church stories? You know, mm-hmm. some might be fun, some might be uh, a little serious, a little, little serial. Some of them might be borderline illegal, but we're not going to say that. Uh, we're but, not going to worry about it. Yeah, we're, if you guys don't tell, we won't. No. <laughs> You guys can't find us anyways. Oh, wait. They have our social media, so we just did the whole thing. Um, oh, no. Yeah. So, hey, uh, let's go ahead and go through our list real quick and figure out which one. Can't mm-hmm. tell that. No, that's a joke, guys. It's a very bad joke, but it's okay. So, who's, which one of us started off? You or me? Um, I want to rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, let's rock, paper, scissors. Okay, ready? Rock, rock paper, paper, scissors. Shoot. Okay, one it's one. me. Yeah. You always throw rock. No, always throw rock. All right. So... One of my first stories I wanted to start off with is um, my last youth group was nothing but homeschoolers. And I absolutely love this story because um, one thing I got to do is I grew up public school. So I don't understand what it's like to be a public school, to be a homeschooler because my, my parents wanted me to be socialized. Mm-hmm. And what we did, that was a terrible joke. I'm sorry. But. What we did was I decided, hey, well, I'm going to take you guys out to uh, a youth conference. And we went out to Hearts on Fire up in Gatlinburg. Which, uh, if you guys have never uh, experienced that, uh, just just because you can, uh, if you're able to, go check it out. Because Hearts on Fire was awesome. It's huge. Uh, just You had to come uh, more of kind of a little bit of background of the church that I was at. We were a country, like a very small town. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, it was a First Baptist, but it was a small town church that we did country music, did uh, the bluegrass gospel music for worship, right out of the uh, Redback Hymnal. That was our worship. We were that country church. Mm-hmm. You know, the pastor and I preached out of King James regularly. You know, that was just, that's the kind of church we were in. So when we take these little country bumpkins from the middle of, uh, from lower middle Tennessee, borderline Alabama, to Gatlinburg, Tennessee, to where they're like, oh, there's mountains. And I'm like, yeah, you guys can only see these from your 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 back porch. 
They're like, no, it's the other side of the state. I'm like, shush, I don't know geography. <laughs> but I'm like, they're so amazed by the town because of all the lights, all the wonderful mm. things are going on. And it, that's that's just Gatlinburg. That, that's just getting the that is, zoo there. That is not even hearts on fire itself. No, this is just pigeon forwards driving down the main drag. They're looking to the left, looking through. Oh, these are so many cool things. And yeah, guys, we get to do this while we're up here this weekend. <gasps> what? And it was awesome. I was like, kind of, before we got there, I wanted to warn them. Because I was like, guys, this this worship's going to be so much different mm-hmm. than what we're used to. Now remember, you guys are going to see an electric guitar. You're going to see a drum get up on stage. You're going to see all this stuff. There's going to be lights and smoke, all these wonderful things. If, if you're not familiar with Hearts on Fire... Uh, give it a quick Google or something yeah, like that. YouTube it right now because yeah. you guys just be able to see what I'm telling you and to think uh, country backwood Baptist. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of what we're coming from to this moment. And as we walk in, we're like this giant auditorium over there, at the LeConte Center in Gatlinburg or Pension Forge area, and we're sitting down kind of in the back, like the midsection on the far left. So I was like, I'm not going to put them in the middle of this situation. And we got ready to worship. And so we all stand up. And my kids have heard, you know, the CDs. They have all this stuff. I was laughing. They were, like, naming some of the the artists that they had that are from, like, the 80s. And I was like, these are CDs you have? Mm -hmm. How old are you, kid? Keep in mind, uh, again, it's a bunch of homeschoolers. Oh, yeah. But... As we're sitting here getting ready for worship, they're like, yeah, cool. What kind of music are we going to do? I'm like, it's going to be contemporary worship. Are you ready? Yeah. They get up there, and the, the drum beat starts hitting. <laughs> the guitar starts going. And they all start leading worship, and they watch everybody around them just stand up. And everybody just began to worship. And they saw all these teens run to the front. Because for some reason, at contemporary worship, there was a mosh pit. So all these kids are up here, and they're having this worship. They're all jumping up and down. They're just having this wonderful time. And my kids are over there kind of shaking in their own shoes. Mm-hmm. Like, one of them sat down and just kind of crossed their arms, like, very scared. Okay, I was like, well, you know, what, what's going on? She's like, is this what the Pentecostals do all the time? <laughs> and I was like, some of them, but not all of them. Some Baptists do this. She was like, no, Baptists don't do this. There's too many people raising hands. <laughs> and I died laughing. Well, these kids, like, they, you know, first day of uh, Hearts on Fire, we're having this huge worship session. Got to hear the preachers. The next day we get up and we come back to the Hearts on Fire conference. And as we come back in, the kids are like, you know what? Uh, the whole night beforehand, because we stayed up in cabins all the time, encouraging them, hey, this is an opportunity to step up and kind of learn and to kind of engage in worship a different way. You know, not just sit there and participate by reading out of the hymnal. This is a good chance for you to pour your heart out to God through worship. So I want you to give your all tomorrow and see what you got. I had one kid step up and was like, you know what, Pastor Wayne? I'm going to do it. I'm going to give my all. I was like, all right. We get ready for worship. They're standing up. And the kids are already getting up there for the mosh They're going to head up to the front. And he comes over to me. And he's, you know, it's me, my kids, a couple other chaperones. He comes, grab my arm, kind of tugs on my shirt a little bit. He's like, hey. Like, yeah. He was like, will you go to the front with me? Because I don't want to get lost in the crowd, and you're tall, and I can find you. Like, yeah, dope. Let's go. So I'm thinking this kid's going to go jump up in the front of the crowd. No. 
He stands on the back of the row. Everybody else is jumping up, raising hands and stuff like that. He's just standing there singing the songs, staring at the worship band, and every song just looking at me like, you brought me here. Take me home. That's the moment that I realized we're not bringing homeschoolers to hearts on fire ever again. Because my kids went home and told their parents that they were scarred for life. And I had to have a parent meeting afterwards. In in their defense, though, uh, that's got to be a huge change all at once. That was a heavy hit. Um, because, again, uh, if you haven't uh, looked up Hearts on Fire by now... Um, Basically, think of uh, like uh, Winter Jam or uh, the Passion Conferences or uh, different uh, events like that. Like this is almost like uh, professional, like top tier concert <laughs> level uh, conference, and it's a bunch of these. Well, see, that was the year that Mercy Me was there. And it was cool because these kids recognized Mercy Me because I can only imagine you know, the iconic song. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, we know Mercy Me. We love I Can, I can Only Imagine. Yeah, we want to get into it. And they started singing their other songs. And they're like, they have more than one song? Yes, kids, they are a very popular band. <laughs> and it was just this like, iconic moment because, yeah, you're right. These are literally professional bands. Like, these are top headlining Christian bands coming in here to perform. And just to see like the eyes and afterwards, I laughed because the last day, what we did is we got back to the cabin. And I sit down with my kids. I kind of talk, kind of do it like a debrief. Like, what did you get out of this weekend? What did you think about the conference? What do you think? And that, this is honestly the last year that we went because one of my kids uh, brought up one of the preachers and said, hey, um, I was doing my research. He's like, I went back and checked my Bible. And honestly, that preacher... I can't agree with him. And he told me what he said. And I was like, to be honest with you, you and I were on the same page. Mm. It was the first time I had a preacher that I looked at it and said, hey, I can't agree with what you're saying. So this last year we went because they started bringing that preacher back regularly. So we're like, yeah, we can't do that. Yeah. But I asked him, well, what do you guys think about the new, the worship? What do you guys think about the more contemporary stuff? All the kids just looked at me and just like, can we bring this to church? I looked at them flat in the face and was like, no, we can't. <laughs> the old people would have a heart attack if we tried. Mm-hmm. So for we had like a puppet ministry that we were doing, and so for some of the songs that we did with the puppet ministry, they did some of the more contemporary worship. They're like, "Hey, look, we got to bring it back." They were so scarred because all the people were raising their hands and jumping up and down and dancing during worship. And what is that? That's devil worship over there. I was like, David danced when he worshipped, <laughs> and they looked at him. I looked at me and went, "My name is not David." My kids were smart for homeschoolers. So mm. that's my first story, guys. We got plenty of these. Let's keep going. What you got? Come on, Kevin. All right. I don't. I don't know which one of these uh, I should do to follow that one up. Uh, what you got? Uh, oh, all right. Damn. Since we're since we're talking about being a little uh, little more rambunctious than usual, uh, so imagine me, uh, kid who has uh, been raised in the Baptist church his whole life now. Keep in mind, uh, I was at the time, this was, I think, uh, my maybe sophomore year. I think it was the summer between my sophomore and junior year of high school. Um, and 
uh, I was all the way up until then, uh, Southern Baptist Church. Now, keep in mind, we were a little bit more, uh, I'm going to use the term modern, I guess. Contemporary. Uh, contemporary. Contemporary. Yeah, that's the word. It's I couldn't not think modern worship, word. it's contemporary worship. Um, we have a blended service. I know. Traditional versus contemporary. Um, I'm going to be real. There are so many terms now. Like I get them mixed up. So you can have Jesus um, on the drum kit. Which one do you want? So. <laughs> Got him. Sorry. Okay. So this was the first time uh, I had been to a uh, Pentecostal church. So, uh, keep that in mind because I've got two stories uh, at this church. It was the same day, actually. Um, and we will get to that. Go ahead and uh, tell them both back to back because they really match up too well. All right, I got you. So, this is the first time I had been there. And uh, I was there because um, we were doing some kind of event and people had asked me to come uh, and help them drum for this thing. Uh, it was like their youth group that had asked me to help them out. And uh, we were there at the church on a Sunday morning because they were kind of uh, wanting to have a moment to encourage us uh, because we were going to some like competition kind of thing uh up in cleveland it was like team uh yeah and so they were kind of giving us a big send-off uh for it how's the church of god do yes <laughs> uh and so it was basically just a normal sunday for them outside of that and um we get there and, uh, you know, they go through the the motions and everything of, hey, everybody, we're glad you're here. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, take a minute to greet everybody. Uh, just grab a neighbor, shake a hand. Uh, we're going to get started in worship here in a minute. Uh, so, you know, everybody does their thing. And uh, the worship band comes up and... Uh, they start playing their music and everything. And so at this point, I was like, yeah, this isn't really that different from like what I'm used to. And like at this, I had I had heard stories uh, like from my dad and my sisters that had been to a Pentecostal church service before um, and just sort of described like how kind of wild it could get. So I was I was kind of on guard uh, going into this place. But I was like, oh, we're five minutes in. We're good so far. <laughs> but, uh, if you only knew. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I was there. I was getting into worship and everything. And then I just hear this. I was like, what in the world is that? <laughs> and I look over. Uh, the way this place was set up, um, there were like three sections of chairs. So like there was a big section on the left, there was a big section in the middle, and there was a big section on the right. Um, 
I was sitting uh, kind of towards the front uh, in the left section, kind of in the middle of that section. And I look over, and there's this old lady literally doing laps around the right section, just booking it. And at that time, uh, that was when I was still kind of uh, conditioned for when I was uh, playing soccer in high school. And I, I was pretty fast. Mm-hmm. And this lady was probably moving way faster than I could. <laughs> and we're talking, this was like a, from what I'm guessing, like a eight, six, late 60s, early 70s at least, is how old this lady was. And she was moving. And at that moment, I was like, what in the world have I gotten myself into? <laughs> Just because, now there's, if that's how you worship, then by all means, go for it. That's just, that's not my thing. Um, she is just moving. And I'm not going to lie, like, I was distracted for the rest of the, <laughs> the time of worship, just watching this lady, just booking it. Uh, and it just so <laughs> happened, uh. The person that I was sitting next to uh, was one of the other people going uh, to the team talent thing with us. Another one of the youth members in the band. Uh, she kind of hit me and was like, uh, yeah, I probably should have given you a heads up about that. She does that like every week. <laughs> I was like, every week? What do you mean? It's Cardio Sunday. <laughs> yeah. She, get, she getting her workout and praising the Lord. Amen. Come on. Uh, <laughs> But that was that was my first experience with uh, being in a Pentecostal church, and I was I'm not necessarily going to say scarred, but it definitely like left a mark on me for sure. Um, but then later in that service, this is the part that probably scarred me, um, because I'm telling you there was something going on here. Like I. <laughs> It gives me, I don't like it, but, uh, so we went on through the service and everything, um, uh, worship team did their thing, they got down, preacher came up, he preached his sermon and everything, um, I was kind of expecting at some point somebody to break out in tongues or something like that, and that didn't happen, um. And I had kind of prepared myself for that, so I was kind of thrown off by the fact that it didn't happen, just because that was what I had thought like every Pentecostal church was like. Yeah. Uh, keep in mind, I had gone to the same church like my entire life up until this point. Oh yeah. Um. But uh, they're they're doing their thing, um, and we get to kind of the moment of invitation, and uh. Again, if you're not familiar with kind of church lingo, um, that's just kind of like the time after the preacher preaches uh, that a lot of churches will open up uh, kind of a moment to where uh, if you need to come up and talk to the pastor or you need to pray or you need to uh, just deal with God some way, um, 
a lot of people will have this invitation, quote unquote, or like a moment, yeah, altar call, um, a uh, time of response, moment of response. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're like different phrases, but it's normally the same uh, kind of idea. Um, But we kind of get to that point of the service, like the preacher had, uh, or the pastor stopped preaching and he was like, uh, you know, we've had... We've had a moment with God today, and uh, I just I just feel led to um, to do this thing that it's uh, been a little bit since we've done. Um, but right here, I've got this little uh, bottle of oil, um, and it was like their like anointed oil, anointing oil, whatever. I'm still kind of iffy on the that type of lingo. Um, because in the in the Baptist denomination, we don't really do that. No, it's very rare that you find it. Uh, so he was like, "If you if you need to be anointed right now, come on forward, come on." And uh, all these people started going up there, and they literally like formed a line, shoulder to shoulder, uh, kind of in front of the the stage that the preacher was on, and the preacher came down, and um. If you're not familiar, uh, the whole anointing uh, with oil process is kind of like the pastor uh, puts like a drop of oil like on his thumb or something like that. And uh, he says like a prayer or something, I think. And he kind of draws a little cross on your forehead. Um, And so he was going down this line doing this. And uh, everybody uh, that was in that line was praying. They were having a moment of prayer. Um, it was, I'm not going to lie, it was, it was a moving thing to watch. Um, uh, but then he got to this one guy. And this is, this is whenever I started like losing my mind. Like, okay, let's wrap this up. I'm, I'm getting out of here. Uh, he got to this guy. And he said his prayer or whatever, and like he put the oil on his forehead, and like right as he did, the dude just started spazzing out. Like he was just flailing around, his arms were shaking all over the place, he was barely standing up, and I was like, what is happening? The devil? Yeah, I was like, this man is possessed! Somebody call the exorcist. Get him in here. We got to cast out this demon. (laughs) Like I was losing my mind because this dude was trembling. And I was like, what is what is going on? And I wouldn't have been so freaked out if he wasn't the only one that was behaving like that. (laughs) Like I was losing my mind and I was. I was like, I mean, I mean, sure, this could, this could be a thing, I guess. Like, cool anointing with oil. Like, if that's what you do, go for it. <laughs> but if these some sort of demon, if this is some, some, uh, I don't want a part of this. <laughs> the devil can stay over there. <laughs> yeah, I was. That was. That was the freakiest part of the whole thing. And now I'm not saying that like 
anointing of oil is bad or anything like that. And I mean, yeah, that could have been just like the way he was responding to the moment with God that he was having or something. It could have been legitimate oppression or possession. Yes, there there are a lot of could haves <laughs> in that situation, and I was like. I don't know what is happening. Uh, this looks very, very bad. <laughs> I gotta. St- <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I get you. The first time I went to church, I got. Uh, I, I gotta tell you the story. I love the story. It's my favorite story. I think I've told you this story. I might have told them this story too. Maybe we'll find out. Who knows? Yeah, we'll find out. I- First time I went to the Church of God church. Because, you know, I grew up independent fundamental Baptist, which is mm. a whole other thing. I make videos on TikTok. Go check him out. Go check out his TikTok. He's got a whole series of it. Oh, yeah. What, are you up to like seven, something like that now? I think I posted six? seven. Oh. Maybe, maybe seven, six or seven. One of those two. But uh, I still need to make I have like four more to go. I just haven't posted them yet. I had a chance to make them. But, um, so follow Rev.Wayne on TikTok and you can check those out. Oh, yeah. Thank <laughs> you. But as we... Uh, Shameless plug. Yeah. <laughs> Well, as I went off to Lee, uh, I was not very familiar with the Church of God. I never really got a part of it. The last time I went to like a Church of God church was I went with a, like the girl, the first girl I ever dated. She, you know, I went to her church and they prayed over a napkin. It's what it's, it was like supposed to be a prayer cloth, but the only thing I remember because I was young in the faith was they're praying over a napkin. What is going on? Because that's like the cloth they use is when mm-hmm. Mama took out the fancy napkins that we only use like twice a year. Yep, same cloth. So that's where my brain went. So I went to church, went to Lee, and a buddy of mine asked me if she uh, and I'll go with her to uh, the Church of God that the symphonic band was playing at, because one of our friends was playing in the symphonic band, and they were leading the worship. I was like, "Oh yeah, sure, I'll go do that." Sounds like a blast. So I get up that morning, head over there. I got all nice and dressed up. She and I are both military kids, so we're like, "Oh yeah, cool. We have a, a camaraderie here." Go to the church, and we're sitting there, and right behind us sits this. Old lady, I mean, her and Moses went to second grade together or something. Uh, I mean, looked very frail, like a good breeze could have knocked her over. And she comes in and sits behind me, and she is the nicest lady I've ever met. Very welcoming. She leans forward and goes, Hi, are you guys here with the symphonic band? It's really nice to see you guys. You guys should always come back and uh, visit with us. We'd love to have you. And we had this wonderful conversation, and then the worship starts. And we get going. So, uh, you know, me being, like at the time, I was fundamental Baptist. You know, we didn't really raise hands or anything like that. So I stood up. I was singing the songs. And the lady behind me was stood up too. And she's using the pew as much as she could to get up. And she's just having this wonderful time of worship. And I turned around and I kind of looked at her a little bit. Because I was like, oh, hey, what's this like? And she was just leading this amazing time of worship. But I get uh, caught up in the song. And I'm enjoying it. I've been singing along. I'm having time. Praise God. And right behind me, I hear this blood-curdling scream just come out of this lady. And I turn over to see my friend, and she has left me. Like, she is, like, three pews over on her way out the door. Because she also grew up Baptist. We don't hear screams in the church. When screams happen in the church, someone's dead. Mm-hmm. So she just took off. I turn around to find the old lady, and she just lets out one more blood-curdling scream, and then just falls over. So my mind is, oh, no, she's dead. She's gone. There's no more. This is it. Oh, Lord, help us. And so I'm just like kind of sitting here like I'm not saying nothing, just looking around, kind of panicking. And the usher just walks up with a blanket. 
and just kind of throws it over her legs and a little bit over her chest and stuff like that. So I'm sitting here thinking, oh, he's just covering up the body. I guess that's just how Church of God people do it. Somebody dies in service, they just cover the body, they keep on going to worship and come get it later. To find out, no, uh, Usher came up to me, he's like, it's okay, she's just slain in the spirit. Slain means dead. She got killed. That's like, so the Holy Spirit killed this lady, is what I just got told. Mm -hmm. And so I got freaked out for a little while to find out, no, slain in the spirit, just when the Holy Spirit hits you hard enough, you kind of knock out. I was like, She, she can't do that too many times. She's going to break her hip or something. I got scared. Pentecostals are weird, bro. No offense to any Pentecostals watching or <laughs> listening. Pentecostals, I want to be real. If you're listening here and you are a Church of God, Pentecostal, anything of the more charismatic side of the Protestant realm, all right, you have to realize we're very conservative with our worship. So when we see you yes. guys in the midst of the Spirit, because I have seen people who have true spiritual moments there of worship. There is, yes. And it's awesome to see. But from our perspective, we're looking at you going, oh no, the devil's got them, and they're just going haywire. And that is that is just because we have, we have never seen, or not never seen, but we we don't see that often. Yeah, we the experience is not there. Yeah. So like we might we might have been told about like speaking in tongues. I was used to speaking in tongues. First time I heard it, I was trying to listen to the words, going, "Maybe I'm the interpreter. Let's see what happens." And now mm-hmm. I realized, no, that person just spelling Coca Cola really quickly. But mm-hmm. uh, or someone retired my yellow bow tie. There you go. That's how you speak tongues if you're trying to fake it. Should have bought a Honda, bought a bought a Kia. There mm-hmm. you go. I got you guys back. Uh, that's what. That's and what the pastor's here for, for the for the Baptists uh, listening in there, yes, yeah, speaking with tongues is an actual like gift from God. It's in the Book of Acts. No it one is. ever said it stopped. It is in there. So, so read your Bible. Don't just listen to what people tell you. But yeah, that's my experience with the uh, Pentecostals on Church mm-hmm. of God. That's my first experience because mm-hmm. you know, I went to Church of God school, yeah. and after that, I just realized like it kept compounding. Mm. And it was probably some of the best experiences I've ever had, which was worshiping with these people. Yeah. Because they didn't hold back during their worship. Like, we're very reserved. That, is, that is one thing that I will totally be adamant about. You Pentecostals out there, you really, you really give your all whenever it comes to being in that moment of worship. Oh. And honestly, like, I'm kind of jealous of it sometimes. Well, see, that's what kind of led me to bring my kids to Hearts and Fire originally. Was because I was like, you know, that's what I got to experience is that this is about being God. I'm going fully worship. I'm going to give my all to God. If that mm-hmm. means I'm dancing, I'm dancing. If that means I'm just having this time of hand raising, this, this, that's what I'm doing. And like, you know, we got to have the men's conference at this past weekend here. Yeah. And that was probably one of my favorite things is, you know, I'm watching my members of the church who are, you know, very reserved and they're worshiping. And we have these gentlemen come from one of the uh, uh, missions that we kind of support around here. And they come in, they were just like, you know what? These guys come from some some backgrounds. They have they mm-hmm. have a history. They have a testimony, which is just another way to, for Christians to say that we've done some stuff. And as they're over here just worshiping, they're raising their hands because they've come to a realization that I don't care about the person in the pew next to me. Mm-hmm. My worship's not about them. My worship's about me and God right now. Yeah. And you know the charismatics have that in their life really hard, mm-hmm. and it's something I've been pursuing in my life. I want to be that way, mm-hmm. where I don't care in the worship who's next to me. I'm here to worship Him. Yeah, but man, oh, me. Uh, do I have to tell a second story too? If you want to, 
I can. I got plenty of stories. Go for it, then. See, kind of, I'm going to kind of piggyback off my uh, hearts on fire. One kind of, it's a little bit not, you know, this is whole about our favorite stories, and this is probably one of the hardest stories I've ever had to deal with. Mm-hmm. It was in that same youth group I was a part of. Um, you know, I'm being their youth pastor. I was, there, I was their first ever youth pastor at that church. Yeah. You know, preaching to these kids, doing everything I could, uh, just kind of mentoring them and bringing them up. And I had this parent who decided that she did not like the way I was teaching her kids. And you know what? That's that's fair. If you have an issue with what I'm teaching, come talk to me about it. Come over here and lead me. Tell me what's wrong. Let's go to the scripture. Let's see who's right. Let's see what the word of God says. Let's go there. But this person decided that they were going to go around behind my back and talk to the pastor. And twist everything I've said. And in doing so, she was trying her best to kind of show the church that I was a terrible pastor that I didn't know what I was talking about and that they should fire me. And ultimately, what we found out was because she wanted my job. Because after I resigned, like it was like a year later, to move to my next church, she tried to step up into the youth ministry. And it was very much of a hostile takeover. Because the pastor had taken back over the youth ministry while I was gone, or when I had left, to kind of raise up another leader. And this lady just stepped in and says, hey, I got it. During the time she was over here trying to take my ministry away from me, trying to do all this thing, the Lord was really kind of speaking to me and says, hey, that's the one to watch. She's trying to look helpful. She's trying to look nice. But it's a snake in the grass. you got to be careful of what you're going to come up with. And it's probably one of the, the reason why I had it to my list of one of their favorite stories is this one time that I actually got to listen to God's guidance and see how he had this moment in my life, what he was going to do in this, because I had gone to my pastor and I said, hey, I want to tell you this, I have an uneasiness in my spirit over this parent. I don't really want them involved in my youth ministry as much. I know their kids are involved with us and I would love to keep their kids there, but this is what they're doing. I need your help to keep kind of not really make roadblocks, but to counsel her, to tell her that she needs to let me do my job. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm here to guide her kids and to teach her how to be a better parent and mentor her own kids. But she's not letting me do that. And he just kind of looked at me. He's like, well, you know what? You just need to grow up a little bit and maybe realize that parents have a right to be a part of their kids. That was the phrase told to me. I needed to grow up a bit. I just looked at him flat in the face and was like, when I prove to be right, you will understand. Mm-hmm. When it comes to head, you will understand. I walked out because that was the first time that I realized I needed to leave because that, that pastor was not supporting me at the time. Left the church, uh, left the office, went home because at the time, you know, I'm driving two hours there, two hours back. So I went home a little early, got home, told my wife exactly what was going on. And she's like, oh, yeah, no, I know she's been trying to take your youth ministry for years now, for months now. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, what do we do? She's like, just keep doing your job. This council I've got, keep doing your job. God's got it. And she came into the ministry and I looked her in front of the face and was like, hey, you need to let me do my job. She was like, okay, yeah, I'll just sit here. Okay. And she began bullying kids in my youth group. I pointed that out to the pastor. I'm losing kids. Why? Because this parent is bullying my students. She's your problem. Fix it. You just need to grow up a bit. Fine. Left the church. He's youth ministry. I became an exception to the youth ministry to cover it up. She's still bullying the kids. And he has to look at her in the face and says, you need to leave. 
right now. I'm taking my kids with me. Go for it. And I'm calling DHS on the way out because you're doing the same thing to your own kids. Mm-hmm. Hardest moment was when he had to call me and be like, hey, you were right. Oh, I'm sorry. I just have to grow up a bit. Guys, you learn a lot in these kind of things. Absolutely. Because it gives you a moment to realize that, hey, when God says something, you can listen to it. When you're finding guidance, listen to it. And see how God protected me in the midst of that. And I'm going to tell a story that kind of is like that, that kind of has to deal with uh, kind of a bully. Um, so I was working at a uh, summer camp. And uh, at the time, I think I was the uh, oldest counselor uh, on staff. And I had been a counselor at that camp for years. Like, I want to think like uh, five, six years at the least. Um, And we were uh, doing doing this week of camp and uh, there was this incident where uh, background I'm, I'm trying to my brain's all scattered around trying to explain this uh, so I had had the week before the week everything that I'm about to say went down uh, I had the I think they were like 5th and 6th graders um, and at this camp, uh, a lot of the people that go, if you go, you go like every week the camp's going on. Um, so I had the fifth and sixth graders this first week. And then the second week when this story happened, I think I had like the first and second graders or something like that. Uh, there was this, uh, accident that happened, uh, to one of the, I think at the time he might have been a sixth grader, could have been a fifth grader, don't don't quote me on that, but either way he was in that fifth and sixth grade group. Uh, Something had happened to him, Uh, I think he just like tripped or something or fell and he hit his head real hard uh, on the ground or against a tree or something. And, uh, all I know is I was, it was during like free time and I was over with my, uh, first and second graders doing something. And then a big group of these, uh, fifth and sixth graders come up to me. And my first thought is like, why in the world are these fifth and sixth graders here? And their counselor isn't with them. Um, and, uh, I go up to him and I'm like, Hey guys, where's, your counselor and they're like oh he's down there but we need you to come with us and I was like what's what's going on what's what's happening uh and they're like we just we just need you to come on uh we we need you to come with us and I was like okay give me a second so I first I looked at all my uh first and second grade guys and I was like hey fellas don't move from this spot And then I looked over at one of the other counselors that was close by, and I was like, hey, keep an eye on them for a few minutes. Make sure they don't go anywhere. Um, And so after I took care of that, I went with these fifth and sixth graders. 
and uh, we found that kid just like sitting in the middle of one of the walkways of the camp, um, like holding his head and everything. And uh, we we look at him, and I I kind of check him out, and I'm like, dude, what happened? Are you okay? Uh, he goes, yeah, I'm fine. I just I just can't really get up right now. <laughs> And I was like, oh, Lord, this, this kid's got a concussion. He's probably, like, broken his skull or something like that. Like, I was thinking, this is terrible. Um, and this, uh, thankfully, uh, just so happened to be um, the little brother of a good buddy of mine. And uh, so we had already kind of had that relationship built up. And... Keep in mind, I had a bunch of the fifth and sixth graders the week before. Um, so I think that's probably why they came to me. Yeah. Uh, but I do my quick little counselor version of first aid to see what might be going on. Uh, and it was obvious, like, he probably had, like, a concussion or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so I look at him, I'm like, all right. Uh, I know you are you dizzy you stuff spinning around and he's like yeah a little bit and I was like is is that why you can't really move anywhere uh, he was like yeah and I think I kind of twisted my ankle up a little bit or something I was like okay great um uh so I was like uh do you we're gonna try and make it to the nurse you think you can do that is that something you'll be able to do and he was like, I don't know. I'd probably need somebody to like help me up there. And I was like, I was going to do that anyways. Let's go. Um, so we kind of pick him up and we uh, carry him over to the nurse and everything. Um, and I hang out with him for a while. Uh, I get, uh, thankfully, one of the other counselors to kind of keep an eye on my kids for a little while while I was taking care of that. Um, and I hang out with the kid for a little bit, make sure that he was okay, make sure that he was calm, uh, all that good stuff while the nurse was doing her thing. Um, and I gotta admit, this kid was tough as nails, like, as all this was going on. Like, he was, he had, like, a bag of ice wrapped to his head and everything, and he was just, like, loving it. Like, uh, he actually made me take a picture of him and send it to his, uh, older brother just to be like, Hey, this is your brother. This <laughs> look at him just being a dude. Uh, and, uh, and the kid was the one that wanted me to <laughs> send it to him and everything. It was hardcore. Uh, <laughs> and I've still got the picture on my phone, thankfully, cause it's a wonderful picture. Cause he's literally like bags of ice on it. Uh, sports taped to his head <laughs> and he's just got like the biggest smile on his face and I love it um, just look at me <laughs> yeah uh, but uh, I went and I kind of talked to the kids and I was like yo why did uh, why didn't your counselor kind of step up and uh, kind of help you guys out like, why did you come to me? Why didn't you go to your counselor? Mm -hmm. And they were like, well, he's, uh, he wasn't going to do anything about it anyways. He's been picking on us all week. And I was like, wait, what? 
Yeah, he's been uh, like insulting us and everything. He's been like yelling at us all the time. He never just talks to us. He always like screams at us. And uh, um, and he just like calls us bad names and all all kinds of stuff. And I was like, "All right, that is not okay." So at that point, I was kind of like. All right, you guys, go do your thing. Um, I'll go talk to him. Uh, if you, uh, if you guys want, just go stay somewhere where like I can keep an eye on you guys. But do your thing. And some of them were actually like, "Hey, do you mind if we go uh, keep uh, the kid that got hurt company?" And I was like, "Yeah, dude, go for it. That's that's the way you." Uh, really build up friendship like that. Yeah. Um, so some of them go over there. Some of them go back to uh, where I was going to talk with their counselor. Um, and I kind of go over to him and I'm like, hey, could you come over here to talk? Um, and he's like, yeah, okay, I guess. And uh, the first red flag in that that I saw was uh, – we were down at like the basketball court or something like that. He was paying zero attention to anyone and he was just flirting with one of the other counselors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm saying this story as like a, if you are listening and you are thinking about working at a summer camp or something like that, this is something that you have to kind of watch out for. And if you are uh, working at a summer camp and you're kind of experienced, um, be the guy to be the person to step up yeah. uh, and really know that you're there to take care of those kids and make sure they see Jesus. Um, but I go and I talk to the guy and I'm like, hey, did you know uh, that one of your campers got hurt? And he's like, no, what happened? Well, apparently he uh, tripped and hit his head. Uh, he was like, oh, is, is he okay? And I looked at him and I was like, he's probably got a concussion or something maybe because uh, he was just sitting there and told me like, like he couldn't go anywhere um, because he was so dizzy. And uh, your campers came and got me and told him about it, told me about him. And he was like, Oh dang, where where is he at? And I was like, I already took him to the nurse and everything, but he's he's gonna be fine. But the reality is, they shouldn't have had to come to me. Yeah. You need to really be sure you're keeping an eye on them. Um, and this was this was a young kid. I get that. So I did kind of take that chance to be like, um, just really. Really stay focused on uh, keeping an eye on those kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was kind of like, well, okay. And uh, so then I walked off or whatever, and it, uh, I kind of did an over-the-shoulder glance kind of thing, and he was just right back to flirting with that girl or whatever. So I was like, okay, this is an issue. Yeah. Um. And at that point, uh, I went and checked on the kid again. 
he was he was a okay at that point after uh, getting all doctored up and bags of ice sports tape to his head. Uh, so I went and joined back up with my cabin and everything, and we had a good old time. Uh, around uh, lunchtime or something like that ends up coming around, and I ended up going to one of the um, the directors of the camp, and I was like, hey, this is the situation, this is what happened. Uh, and he said, okay, what do you think we need to do about the counselor? Which I was kind of shocked by, because I was just another one of the counselors. Yeah. Um, but I said, well, I mean, considering the fact that he's been picking on these kids and he let one of them get hurt and didn't do anything about it, I, I don't think he needs to be in this spot. Mm-hmm. And uh, the director said, okay, we'll deal with it. Um, so I'd, after that, I'm not sure what felt, what sort of consequences or whatever there was. Um, but all that went down on like Wednesday of the week and then Thursday and Friday, even though those campers, uh, were in a different cabin, they always came to me for everything. It was basically like I was the counselor of two different cabins, the first and second graders and the fifth and sixth graders, which were literally like the two ends of the age group that we had. Um, like they even came to hang out with us like during free time and everything. We, uh, there was one day I looked at my first and second graders and was like, Hey, do you guys care if these, uh, big kids come with us? And they were like, let's do it. And I was like, yeah, I like you guys. Let's, let's go. Full Sam. Let's do it. Uh, but they hung out with us for the rest of that week. Uh, and I tell that story to be like, if you're interested in any kind of uh, uh, summer camp counselor position or uh, children's ministry um, or any kind of uh, leadership role like that, keep in mind like why why you're there you are there to one show them jesus to make sure they are safe um and if you if you don't constantly keep those in mind it can be a very uh bad thing like that's one thing you know you and i both got kind of off into children's youth ministry in our career <clears throat> that's one thing I always like to talk about. I'm going, I know exactly what story I'm going to bring up next. Mm-hmm. Because my favorite experience working with youth is I, I did a summer camp as well, different summer camp. But as a counselor, the one thing especially is you have to have fun with these kids. Like you have to enjoy time with them. Get involved that is with one them. of the pluses of being a counselor. You get yeah. to have, you get paid to have fun. Yeah. Just, and just play. And one of my favorite things to do with these kids, I had uh, these overnighters. Mm. And it was uh, two weeks of overnight camp with these with the same cabin. What we did the first week, we'd do everything the kids would do. Regularly, the second week, we kind of messed up some stuff, did some other stuff, and just had fun. 
Well, the first week I had these kids, I was like, you know what? I just want to pour into them, have fun, just enjoy it. And I was very much military-minded when it came to how I ran my cabins. You know, we did bunk checks. You know, we made sure everything was cleaned up. I did very basic, basic training. Make sure your bed's made. We're going to wing clean this cabin every night. If mm-hmm. we don't, and if you're the problem, we're fixing your bed ourselves. All that kind of stuff. And my overnighters were just so into it. They're like, yeah, we're going to get into it. We marched everywhere. Like you and I were talking earlier, mm-hmm. like kids and cadences. Mine did full on roll, uh, full on call outs. Like while we're marching everywhere we went, we had songs that we sang, and it was great. And like, like everybody was asking, Wayne, why do you do this? I'm like, one, because it keeps them marching. They don't just go scatter off. Keeps them in the group, and it helps them follow all the camp rules. We're going to sing it out. You're going to hear us. And by the end of the second week, I was hoarse as all get out, but it was worth every second of it. Well, every morning, I had a, my co-counselor, kind of the same situation, was decided he was going to go flirt with horse girls the whole time. The old horse girls. And it, it became an issue. Luckily, we had to kind of mentor him out of that situation because he was really messed up. By the end of the session, mm-hmm. uh, by the end of the two weeks, he was with his kids full-on uh, performing. But what I would do every morning is I'd get up, get all my kids up, get them dressed, run over to his cabin, knock on the hatch, tell his kids to get up, and say, hey... We're meeting down there, the crew, 15 minutes. You guys better be down there. What we had to do is our cabins had to go down, and we had a giant huddle. All the different cabins had to show up. That's how we kind of did a roll call in the morning to make sure the cabins got up for their activities in the day. Mm-hmm. So like 7 o'clock in the morning, my cabin's rolling down there. We're, getting ready. we're ready for breakfast. We're hungry. And I'm tired because it's 7 o'clock in the morning. And I've had the same kids for two weeks in a row. First week, every time we get down there, everybody has a little chance. And my cabin was cabin 12. And so they like to do cabin 11. It was my co-leader's cabin. And as it gets to him, they were like, yeah, you're really amped up. I got my kids to just every time they call cabin 12, they just go, huh. I'm like, hoorah. That's all we did. Very simple, very easy because I was like, it's 7 o'clock in the morning. I haven't had my coffee yet. Don't make me do things. Mm-hmm. Well, we kind of changed it up a little bit. And uh, the second week, I had this tennis ball that I carried around with me. And the kids were just like over here. And I was like, you know what, guys, we're going to change this up. We're going to play a game while we march around. So everywhere we went, I just had this tennis ball. All right, I was just throwing a grenade. And my kids would just dive. Like it was a live bomb. They were just diving out of the way. Like these kids would chip over each other. I have seen some epic dives in my day, not like those cabins. Like the cabin 12 was on point. I still kept up with some of my kids from Cabin 12. I love them so much. Mm-hmm. But my cabin leader, like the overnight leaders were not ready for me yet. They hadn't seen me in full form yet. So we show up, the, like it's Monday, and we're showing up for uh, first week, uh, our first roll call over the week for week two. And I just step up and was like, okay, guys, you know what? We're going to do it today. I'm like, what do you mean? Grab a tennis ball. You guys know. We get down there. I had hid my tennis ball in my shirt. Ready to go. Cabin one, cabin two, cabin three, you know, all the way up. They went to cabin 10. The girl's like, yeah. Cabin 11, yeah. Cabin 12, grenade. And these kids just dive, like, dove for everybody. Get out of the way. Some of them were, like, grabbing other cabin kids and, like, pulled them out of the way, trying to get their bodies away from the bomb. And so one of them dove on the tennis ball. I knew that was the kid that was going to save my life one day. I love that kid. It's going to be Captain America. That's the hero. But we played this game all week. Like the Friday, the last day, uh, 
of the overnight camp, my leader was looking at me. He was like, well, hey, cabin 12. And we just went, huh. And I went, Urrah. And they're like, what? No grenade? And I was like, nah, it's too early. But cabin leader, like the, the overnight leaders were kind of bummed because they're like, Wayne, you know, you need to just pull up more of the cabins. Like, grenade was cool. You got the kids to do something. And so they're just kind of looking at me. And I was like, yeah. And they get in the middle of their announcements. And what I had done was I had cabin three have my tennis ball. And so my kids weren't ready. The leaders weren't ready. So in the middle of their announcements, all we hear is a cabin thing, because it was a female leader. She, she was the smallest person I could find. All we hear is her go, grenade! And she throws this tennis ball over the leaders into my group. And I just pick up a kid, chuck him, and I dive on the grenade. <laughs> so all my kids are diving out of the way. And like the thing I was not ready for to see was the other 11 cabins also dive. Apparently, they had come up with a thing like the last day, like all their cabins had agreed, not telling me the issue. I had cabin three locked in because I was like, hey, this will be funny to watch my kids do this without knowing it's coming. All of them had agreed. Next time Rev does grenade, everybody dive. To see a hundred kids just like dive out of the way, like kids who are like clearly on the other side of the field, average frag- fragment. Frag grenade has a blast radius of five meters. I'm watching kids here about 20 meters away from me diving. I'm sitting here going, you just dove for no reason, kid. And I'm like, wait a second. Why, why am I picking on somebody diving away from a tennis ball grenade? And it was just like this level of fun we got to have with the kids. It's probably like these memories stick in your head mm-hmm. for like life. And I'm going to say, uh, we're, we're running out of time, so I'm going to let you, like, let's last stories, because I got a short one at the end of it. I'll let you go ahead and yours. All right, last story. I'll make it really, really quick. Um, so this was when I had first started learning how to play the drums. We're talking, like, I have played for a grand total of, like, three hours, maybe. Um, if that, and, uh, the drummer that was in the youth group, uh, before I was moving in, uh, to youth group was a senior. So he was moving out as I was going in. Um, so it was just kind of one of those things where I was like, Hey, we need a drummer. Uh, Kevin, your dad's an insanely talented musician. So surely you are too. Get up there. You gotta love that. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and literally, it was like, uh, we're gonna see if you can do this, because if you can, I'm about to throw you in the fire. Um, so, I got a, maybe like five hours worth of practice because of that. Uh, if that, again. Uh, and it comes to be the uh, week before I was technically supposed to move into youth group. So technically I was in youth group a week longer than the rest of my uh, class. But you know, Haha, other kids. Uh, yeah, <laughs> check me. Um, but, uh, get on his level. Um, so I get up there behind the drum kit and everything. And like I'm, I'm super nervous because realize I literally like just learned how to do a drum beat. 
and kind of stay on time at that point. So I was just hoping that the wheels didn't completely fall off. We start the song, and the wheels completely fell off. Like, it was one of those, it was so bad, we stopped playing, and we're like, uh, we're gonna try this again. <laughs> uh, and I was, I was like, so disappointed. Because it was one of those things, like, I knew that I could do it, because we had practiced the song before, and we got through it. Yeah. So I knew I could do it, but just being up there made the wheels totally fall off. And I will never forget this moment. Because think about how easy it would be for like the other like high schoolers or whatever, high school, middle school youth kids to just kind of look and be like, wow, that was terrible. Mm. Uh, but I remember one of the seniors at the time like looked at me and like dead in the eyes and was like, Hey, that's okay. That's okay. Just try it again. You got this. You got this. And that level of encouragement and just hype was what got me through that because I was like so embarrassed that at that point I was like, I am never doing this again. All it took was her just clapping and being like, hey, do it again. You, you can do it this time. That put me over, over the top of where I was at. So a little bit of encouragement goes a long way, people. And I'm happy to say I've never broken the wheels off of a song like that since that one time thank god <laughs> so that's where the whole uh bet you won't and you're like <laughs> i bet i will kind of started <laughs> oh yeah yeah i 100 uh, i totally believe that <laughs> you can do it bet i can <laughs> i love that oh we, well i'm gonna tell my last story it's a short one there's no moral to the story i just thought it was the funniest thing i had to say today go for it you ready for this what's up just another camp story. It's one of my favorite stories I get to tell. We've got a lot of camp stories. Oh, guys, we can go for camp stories for days. Yeah, I think I worked at camp for three years. We're already like an hour in, and most of our stories have been camp stories. Yeah, and also for the fact that we still haven't hit like half our stories. Yeah, but we're going to have to wrap this up with this one. My favorite thing was at camp. It was like the third year I went back. Uh, I was just at cursory. Like they needed someone to come in for like a month, so I got to go back for four weeks of camp and mm -hmm. just help out as much as I could. And it was really awesome because they put me on day camp. Well, when you work at day camp, you only have your kids from like uh, 7 o'clock in the morning to about 5 o'clock in the evening. Then you have an hour break and you join back up after the uh, after dinner with an overnight camp to kind of help out that counselor, counselor who's been working with these kids by himself all day. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, dope. I can do that. I love that kind of stuff. Well, during the day camp, we have lake. Lake time is where we get to go out. Go play on the lake and have the giant inflatable, like the trampoline, the, the giant slide. And attached to the trampoline was a blob. Now, guys, I make a lot of big jokes, a lot of fat jokes about me because I am a big dude. 
Like I, I'm massive. Mm-hmm. And my favorite thing about this is these kids are like so hyped with the fact that I was huge. Like I've never had people be very thankful for how big I was, except for like these twelve, like ten, eleven, twelve year olds that I had at the camp. Because they're like, Rev, you be the perfect one to blob people. Do you mind getting up here and blobbing us? And it took a lot of energy for me to climb up onto the trampoline than to climb over onto the blob without falling off because I would have to do a bounce, bounce, drop. And once I hit the blob, I had to fall off, swim around, climb back up. It took a lot of energy. Well, I told the kids every week, hey, every day, like, I do five blobs a day. First people in line, they get blobbed. You guys figure it out. We'll make it happen. Well, it was like a Friday. It was the last day we could do blobs uh, for the day. It was the last like, day of these kids' camp. And every kid apparently had gone around trying to find out which kids they wanted to have blobs this week. So they just wanted to see what would happen. And I was kind of all about that life because I was like, I want to see what happens too. Mm-hmm. See what happens. They had gone to our littlest group that they could possibly do. That was in our rotation. So what we do is we had the itty bitties. You had kind of uh, like second to fourth graders. Then you had the fifth, sixth, and uh, a little bit of middle schoolers. They were called Adventure Camp. So I was in the uh, fifth, sixth, and Adventure Camp most of the time. This week, I was with the second through fourth graders. So I had smaller people. I was like, dope. I haven't blobbed a small person before. Let's see what happens. So I had like a, they went around. They went to all the second graders. Because like second graders, they're the youngest. They're the smallest. Let's see who we can find. They found this like one like forty pound kid. Now put this into consideration. I am literally ten times the size of this child. They wanted to see what would happen if I blobbed them, and I was all about this life. Now all of us wore life jackets out in the lake. It was insurance reasons, so all of us had safety gear on. So I was like, "Yeah, we can do this. Let's see what happens." This little kid was—I've never seen a kid so amped for danger in their life. Because they got up like, yeah, let's get blob, let's do it. And, like, it's a girl. Like, 40-pound little girl. Yeah! Manliest voice I've ever heard from a second grader. Hops out onto the end of this blob. And gets all scooted to the end. Like, Rev, I'm ready! I look over the lifeguard. It's like, are you ready? And they turned around and were like, what are you doing? Bounce. Bounce. Blob. This kid shoots like 30 feet into the air. I'll watch her go up. And then I realized that she didn't cross her ankles and that she's not coming down feet first anymore. She's flailing as much as possible and her face is going to be the first thing that hits the water. And then I got scared. I'm like, I'm about to kill a kid. So this kid comes down, she's a belly flop. All you heard was smack. And I watched two lifeguards dive into the water because they're like, oh no, this kid's dead. There's no possible way this kid's alive. <laughs> she's a little bitty life jacket just floating in the water with her in it. They roll her over and she's like, that was awesome! <laughs> Do it again! And all these kids are like, yeah! And I'm sitting here going, no! I almost killed you! And so I realized that I gotta be, you know, great power comes great responsibility as we learn from Spider Man. Mm-hmm. That was the one moment in my life that I realized I had to be very responsible when it came to my weight. 
I'm not allowed to kill 40 pound kids by shooting them up to space. <laughs> yes. So that's my favorite story to say about camp. I have a couple others that we'll do like another time. Mm-hmm. Guys, thank you guys so much for jumping onto this uh, food at the table, this Absolutely. podcast. Guys, we really hope you uh, enjoyed this one. It was a little bit different. Oh, yeah. Uh, not a little bit. A lot of bit different from what our normal episodes are. But, um, you know, we got uh, somebody sent this question in and uh, just about, like, what our favorite stories were. And we thought, hey, that'd be a neat little episode to do. Yeah. Um, so if you have any sort of uh, ideas or anything of any kind of episodes, um, send them to us on our uh, social medias. Yeah, uh, reach out to us. Email yeah. us, guys. Uh, big thing, too. Hey, if you have any like fun church stories you want to share with us, email them to us. We'd love to hear them. Absolutely. Email them to us. Throw them on our... Uh, use that uh, hashtag fat podcast. Throw them up on the social medias. Hashtag F-A-T-T podcast. F-A-T-T podcast. Fat podcast. Uh, and we'll see them. Uh, again, uh, just one last time real quick. Uh, if you want to look us up on social media, we are on Facebook and Instagram at Food at the Table Podcast. We're on Twitter at Food at the Table. We are, uh, or well, Wayne, sorry, is on TikTok, uh, Rev.Wayne. And we do have an email, like we have said, uh, Food at the Table Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, hit us up. We will uh, figure that out. Yeah, guys. I jump on it. And guys, once again, we also have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash food at the table. So that's something you guys would like to be involved with. Hey, thank you so much for doing a lot of stuff with our ministries. A lot of things come down the pike. We have new sticker ideas. Like if you listen to the last episode, you know what sticker idea last we're talking Last episode about. was a big one. We, we definitely have it designed and now we're figuring out when to post it. Yeah. Um, Big things coming down the pike, guys, and we're very thankful that you guys are being a part of this big small group. Absolutely. So, guys, until next time, thank you again for joining us at Food of the Table, the small group podcast with Reverend Kev. Until next time, we love you. Bye, guys. Peace. Bye.